The Sunday School lesson that you're about to listen to can be found at newfoundfaith.org. Be sure to take a moment to go there and subscribe for email notifications so that you can never miss a lesson. Lessons are shared every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Eastern. This week's Sunday School lesson, lesson number three in the winter quarter, God's promise of a savior. This week's lesson is being taught from the first chapter of Luke, starting at the 26th verse and going through the 38th verse. Be sure to pause the audio now so that you can read over the scripture for today's lesson. Thanks again for listening and be sure to share this week's lesson with someone somewhere. lesson this week is the third lesson within the first unit of lessons for this quarter and again the title of the first unit of lessons is titled blessing of a savior we have been looking at the the forecoming the foretelling of jesus's coming into this world his birth uh, we saw that through the foretelling of john the baptist coming being the forerunner of christ so uh, we certainly knew from from John's announcement, the, the the announcement of John the Baptist's birth to Zacharias, we know that Christ was certainly on the way, because John the Baptist was to set the way. He was supposed to set the way for Christ. Uh, we also saw in our Sunday school lesson last week uh, the foretelling of Jesus's coming through uh, David. God made this promise to David that his throne would be an eternal throne. His house would be an eternal house, uh, that this eternal house would be established uh, through the stem of Jesse and from a branch of David, meaning that Christ would come through the lineage, would come through the seed of David, which again, we're going to actually see, uh, speak on here a little bit uh, in our Sunday school lesson uh, for, for, I think that's going to be next week. We're going to speak on, on that lineage, but I bring it up here, uh, today since I've already mentioned it as well. So we've been looking at the foretelling of Christ, his birth. Uh, we're going to see that again here in our Sunday school lesson this week as, uh, the, an angel of God, Gabriel is going to make an announcement. He's going to visit Mary. We're going to see him make an announcement of the birth of Christ, uh, to Mary here in our Sunday school lesson this week. Our lesson, it opens up here in the 26th verse by saying, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, the sixth month is specifically made note of here in our lesson for today. We have to remember, and I'm going to bring this up in our Sunday school lesson next week as well, because the sixth month, it plays a role in our Sunday school lesson next week. We have to remember that this, our Sunday school lesson this week, it is coming from the same chapter in which uh, John the Baptist's birth uh, was announced to Zacharias by Gabriel. We're still following along that same path. So the sixth month, as it is stated, as it is mentioned here, is essentially saying six months later after the announcement of John the Baptist's birth to Zacharias, Gabriel is visiting Mary. That is why the sixth month is, is mentioned there in our Sunday school lesson here for this week. So six months later, 
Okay, keep that in mind. Six months after Gabriel had visited Zacharias, he is now visiting uh, Mary. He has come, we are told, to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Nazareth uh, is the, the dwelling place. It is the hometown of Jesus Christ. That is where uh, Mary and Joseph resided. That is where they lived. And again, it became the hometown of Jesus. And we're told that Nazareth was a city in Galilee, which again, you know, when you think about it and we think about the ministering years of Jesus, he spent a great deal of time around Galilee uh, because, again, this was essentially home. You know, it was, you know, how you think of your your home country or your home state, if you will. That's what Galilee was for Jesus. So, again, we, we have a time frame for uh, when Gabriel is being sent uh, by the Lord to make this announcement to Mary that we're going to see here in our Sunday school lesson today. And we're even told where uh, the announcement happened as well. Uh, the 27th verse, it goes on to say, and I'll, I'll, I'll take that 26th verse and, and I'll read until the 27th verse, uh, since this is all one sentence. It says again, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. Okay, so the 27th verse, we will notice there. It mentions a virgin there in the 27th verse. And again, I don't believe in coincidences. I know uh, that I said this in our Sunday school lesson last week, but it is not a coincidence that Luke mentions the fact that Mary is a virgin here in our scripture today. The reason why the virgin is mentioned here in our lesson today uh, and why we see it in scripture is because the virgin was prophesied. It was part of the prophecy of the Messiah of Christ. So if one was to try, and I mentioned this in our Sunday school lesson last week, uh, there would be some that, that could try and make an argument uh, against someone being a Messiah, someone being, being Christ. And, and they would go down a checklist. Well, is, is he of the seed of David? That's what I said in our Sunday school lesson last week, right? Uh, if he wasn't of the seed of David, then this person didn't have a right to the throne. And this person person certainly couldn't be uh, the Messiah. The The next thing on that list essentially would have been the virgin. W is this person born of a virgin's birth? The reason why I say that that's the next thing on the list is because the virgin is prophesied in scripture. Okay. If you go to the seventh chapter of Isaiah, you will see there in the seventh chapter and the 14th verse, the prophecy of the virgin giving birth to a child, the child that would, would, would be the king of Israel, the child that would save the world, the child that would again be the Messiah. We'll see there in uh, the seventh chapter of Isaiah in the 14th verse that the prophecy stated, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, that son being the only begotten son of God. But again, notice there in that prophecy that it again is stated the virgin. So the virgin is very significant uh, to the story of the birth of Christ. Again, OK, it is part of the prophecy and we know how God is about his promises. God is going to keep his promise. Again, this was to be a sign, 
Okay. If, if someone was, was proclaiming to, to be the Messiah, but again, they were not born a virgin's birth. When you again, think about how impossible that is in our mind, it is impossible in our minds for a virgin to give birth. And many people stumble over that today. Uh, the fact that Jesus was born a virgin's birth, but if someone was professing to be Christ and they were not born a virgin's birth, they could be argued against. Okay. So behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name. Emmanuel is what we are told there. Okay. So, uh, again, part of that checklist. Now we won't see it mentioned here in this passage of scripture here in Luke's gospel. But if you go over to, to Matthew's gospel, to where, uh, Gabriel had spoke to Joseph, you'll see that, that Joseph or that Gabriel, that he spoke of the virgin birth, uh, to Joseph, Gabriel said to Joseph, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you, Mary, your wife for that, which is conceived in her is of the Holy spirit. Okay. So so Gabriel in Matthew's gospel, Gabriel, we know not only visited Zacharias, okay, but he also visited Joseph as well. The reason for, for Gabriel's visit to Joseph is because Joseph was ready to, to cast away Mary. He didn't want anything to do with Mary because Mary was already showing signs of being pregnant. And she was supposed to be a virgin for him, but she was already pregnant with the child. So, so Joseph felt that she had slept around, that she had cheated on him and he wanted to put her away privately. But again, the angel visited Joseph, Gabriel visited Joseph to say to Joseph, don't be afraid to take to you Mary for your wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So Joseph again knew that Mary was going to give a virgin's birth. Okay, Matthew then stated in his writing. Okay, and again, we're talking about uh, to fulfilling the prophecy here that, that we saw in the seventh chapter of Isaiah. Matthew, he stated uh, in his writing that all of that which was spoken to Joseph and all that was to be done through Mary was done so that the prophecy of the Messiah might be fulfilled. The name Emmanuel, we'll see there in the first chapter of Matthew's gospel, the 22nd and the 23rd verse, is translated to mean God with us. So again, what we have seen in, in recent weeks, the past three weeks, that God is most certainly with us. God was with Zacharias. He heard uh, Zacharias' prayer. An angel was sent to Zacharias being Gabriel. Uh, we know that again, David desired to build a, a house for the Lord. We, and God, we saw in our Sunday school lesson last week, spoke of how he was with David. Uh, we, we see it clearly here in our Sunday school lesson uh, this week as well, that, that the Lord is with Mary, okay? God with us. God is, is with us today. So again, 
the significance that we have already seen in our Sunday school lesson this week uh, is that God is going to keep his promises. Whatever has been prophecy, God would always move to fulfill his prophecies. Okay. All right. So again, we are told here, we are told here, it says there uh, that, that Mary and David, that they were betrothed. That means that they were engaged. Okay. Uh, we are told that Mary was engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. So again, David, uh, he, he was of the lineage. He was of the, of the seed of, I'm sorry, Joseph. He was of the seed of David, which again, uh, that is actually very significant as well. As we already mentioned, um, it was very important for, for Christ, okay, to be able to say, I came through the seed of David. You can't argue against me being the Messiah. You can't argue against me being the king. It was important for him to come through uh, the lineage of David. Um, by marriage to Joseph, Mary and her children uh, could claim to be uh, from the house of David. They could claim to be through David's lineage. When we look at the first chapter of Matthew's gospel, we see uh, Jesus's lineage back, traced back to David. Uh, we see that through the connection of Joseph. Jesus was again born a virgin's birth. He's not the seed of Joseph, but he could claim, okay, he could claim uh, being of the house of David because Mary was engaged and Mary would be married to David. So he, you, you could in a way say that Jesus could, could make a claim to the throne, uh, by, by, by law. Okay. You could say it that way, but I do want to point this out. Okay. Uh, that, that Jesus would actually be able to say, Hey, I'm from the house of, of David as well, but it not be through Joseph's lineage hidden in the third chapter of Luke's gospel. And I'm going to make sure to bring this up in our Sunday school lesson next week as well. But hidden in the third chapter of Luke's gospel is the lineage of Jesus through Mary. Mary's lineage traces back to David. Okay. Uh, and, and now go into more detail about this in, in our Sunday school lesson next week, because it certainly plays a, a very major role uh, in our Sunday school lesson next week. But if you take a look at, at what is recorded in the third chapter of Luke's gospel, and then you flip over and you look at uh, the first chapter of, of Matthew's gospel, you'll see that the lineage is different. And the reason why it's different is because Joseph's uh, lineage is shown in the first chapter of Matthew's gospel and, and Mary's lineage is shown in the third chapter of Luke's gospel. And again, the reason why this is, this is so significant and the reason why this is so important uh, for, for us to know is because nobody could make an argument against Jesus being able to lay claim to the throne. Uh, both his heavenly dad and then his mom both were of the house of David. Okay. So Jesus, there, there was no escaping it. Okay. He was from the lineage. He was of the seed of David and he could lay claim to, to the throne. He could lay claim to being the Messiah as well. 
even though Jesus was not conceived uh, through through the seed of Joseph. He was able to to lay that claim to the throne and to be in the Messiah as well. But we'll touch more on the genealogy. Uh, we'll talk about that in our Sunday school lesson uh, next week. Here in our lesson today, the 29th verse, it picks up and it says, but when she saw him, okay, the him there being Gabriel, I'm sorry, I'm at the 28th verse. The 28th verse, I, I skipped a verse there. The 28th verse, we'll see it say, uh, and having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. So again, prophecy fulfilled there. God with us. God is with you is what the angel said there. And I mentioned this in our first Sunday school lesson this quarter uh, about how uh, the common reaction when when an angel appeared uh, always seemed to be this this uh, trembling. OK, um, to where again here in our lesson today in the 28th verse, uh, Gabriel announces rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. We'll see there in the 29th verse that Mary's reaction seemed to be one where she was startled. And I can imagine uh, being startled by the angel because, you know, it seems like, like Gabriel has the habit of just popping in out of nowhere. Right. Uh, it's not like Gabriel is coming up and knocking on the door and saying, hey, how you doing? You know, may I come in? It just seems like Gabriel is is popping in and uh, it is startling people. And that's what happened uh, here with with Mary, as we'll see there in the 29th verse. But again, something that is that I do want to point out there in the 28th verse before we even jump into that 29th verse. Is that Gabriel says that Mary is highly a highly favorite one. And that she is blessed. So, so, so Mary was blessed and, and highly favored. And, and I don't believe that that was just because she was a virgin at the time. I don't think that by any chance was Mary the only virgin living in the land. So I think the 28th verse actually tells us quite a bit about Mary's relationship with the Lord. The fact that that Gabriel says that she is blessed and highly favored is is one thing that's very significant. But again, I believe that that all of us are all blessed and highly favored. Now, how do why do I believe that all of us are blessed and highly favored? The reason why I believe that we are blessed and highly favored is because I believe that God is with us. Now, how is it that God is with us? Well, God is with us through our faith, right? He's with us because you and I, we have genuinely believed. We are not practicing religion. We truly have faith in the Lord. In order for us to truly have faith in the Lord, we have submitted ourselves to his will and to his way over our own will, over our own way. We live in submission to the will and to the way of God. And we trust in him with our whole heart. Because of this, the, the Holy Spirit, yes, resides in us, but we live in fellowship. We live in fellowship with the Lord. Now, Mary, again, looking at that 28th verse, we are told essentially three things there, that she was highly favored, that she was blessed, but that also God was with her. 
I believe that that speaks to Mary's faith in her relationship with the Lord. I believe that Mary was one that lived in submission to the will and to the way of God. Therefore, I would tell you, I believe that Mary lived in fellowship with the Lord. Okay, that is what set her apart. That is what sets us apart from from the world today. The fact that we live in fellowship with the Lord. Okay, we will say that we are sanctified. Our sanctif- uh, our sanctification it has a lot more to it than than what we often uh, realize when we just say that we are sanctified. Uh, we live in fellowship with the Lord, and Mary, I believe, was one who lived in fellowship with the Lord. And because she was walking in that kind of faith, because she was walking in fellowship with the Lord, Gabriel was able to say to her, you are blessed, you are highly favored. She was highly favored and blessed among women because she was going to be the one that would carry Christ and and give birth to the only begotten son of God. We're told here in the 29th verse, again, it says, when she saw him, when she saw Gabriel, she was troubled. I believe that uh, she was startled. I don't, I don't want to say that it was like exactly like Zacharias because I think that Zacharias, we are told, was uh, fearful. Uh, it's, it's kind of hinted at here in the, the 30th verse, uh, or we see that it was kind of hinted at uh, in a little bit here. But I don't think that that Mary was, was full of fear. Um, at, at the visit of, of Gabriel, I think she was mostly just startled, uh, at, at, uh, Gabriel's appearance. I think that she was more startled, uh, at the words that, uh, that Gabriel was saying as well. But again, it says there, it says when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Because again, Gabriel popped out of nowhere and said, rejoice highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Mary was likely kind of confused at, at what was going on. Like I said, startled. The 30th verse says, then the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Again, you know, this seemed to be a, a very common thing for, for an angel to say, don't be afraid, don't be startled, is really what what I, 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 because that's where I feel Mary was. I don't think Mary is just full of fear. Hey, get away from me. She, I don't think she was doing that. I, I don't know if she shrieked very loudly. I don't think she did because it's not written in scripture. Nobody, uh, as we'll see, nobody comes rushing in. So that didn't happen. I just think that she was mostly, I believe Mary was startled and and confused because this again, it happened out of nowhere for her. And so again, we see essentially Gabriel trying to calm her. He he, he says, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. That is again, repeated to us about her favor with the Lord. Uh, The 31st verse says, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. That was the same thing, uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, from the first chapter of Matthew's gospel. That's the same thing that Gabriel had said to Joseph, that, that Mary would be with the child and that uh, she would call his name Jesus. Okay. Uh, the 32nd verse goes on to say, he will be great. The he that is being spoken of, there is who? It is Jesus. It's, it's, Gabriel is speaking about the one who Mary is going to conceive and, and to bring forth as as a son. 
uh, he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. That essentially confirms uh, what we saw in our Sunday school lesson last week, where a promise was made to David. We, we are seeing Gabriel speak of that promise to confirm, to fulfill what had been promised to David. We're seeing that being fulfilled here uh, through the virgin's birth through Jesus Christ. So again, he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. This again lets us or lets Mary know that she is giving birth to the son of God. She's going to give birth to the Messiah, which again, it is fulfilling prophecy that we saw there in the seventh chapter of Isaiah, but it also fulfills what is said there in the ninth chapter of Isaiah as well in a familiar scripture that all of us know uh, very well, where we are told in that prophecy how Jesus would be called wonderful and counselor and mighty God, how it would be called the the Prince of Peace. Okay, that that fulfills that prophecy as well in in the ninth chapter of Isaiah and in the sixth verse about the names, though the names that that Jesus will be given, the things that that he would be called. Okay, there in the thirty third verse, again this this thirty third verse it says. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom. There will be no end. It confirms uh, what we went over in our Sunday school lesson last week again there to where it was promised to David uh, that that Jesus would would reign forever, that that David's throne, his house would be an eternal. Okay, again, it would not be made possible if Jesus had not been born in the world. Jesus it was important. It was important that he be born in the world. And as again, we see here today, it was important that he be born uh, through a virgin's birth. Again, there, the 32nd verse there uh, with, with the mention of David there. Again, it, it points to the significance of the lineage of Jesus as well uh, for, for him to be able to be the Messiah and to lay claim uh, to the throne. Now, we're told here in the 34th verse that, that Mary had a question, and this is something that I do want to touch on because we touched on this in our first lesson of this quarter to, to where Zacharias, he was doubtful. I, I think that Zacharias, he was, again, confused at what was being said, but he was also hesitant and he doubted. Uh, the reason why he doubted what Gabriel was telling him was because he was of old age and Elizabeth was old of old age. I, I guess that he forgot what God did for Abraham and Sarah when they were able to give birth to Isaac and, and they were both of old age. Uh, Zacharias, he was a bit hesitant. He he was doubtful of, of what Gabriel had uh, said to him. Mary, on the other hand, I, I she was not, I don't believe that Mary was doubting. I, I don't think that Mary was hesitant as to, to what Gabriel uh, had announced to her. And the reason why I say that is, is because it's not shown to us in scripture 
And I think that Mary was mostly startled and confused because for Mary, if you think about it, all of this is coming out of nowhere. It is it is coming out of left field for her. Uh, the fact, you know, just uh, Gabriel appearance, him appearing to her, uh, it was just out of left field. It was out of nowhere for her. Because it, again, if, if we put ourselves in Mary's place, Mary would think that there was nothing special about her. So Mary was startled that, that Gabriel appeared to her in the first place and she was confused. Okay. Um, yes, she was walking by faith. Yes, she was in fellowship with the Lord. But I don't think that Mary believed that there was anything special about her for Gabriel to say, hey, rejoice, you highly favored one. Blessed are you among the women. You know, Mary probably was thinking, what's so special about me? I haven't done anything. Okay. And, 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 and you know, Gabriel would, would say again to her that, hey, you are favored. And then he went on to say, you're going to have a child. You're going to have a child and this child is going to be the son of the highest. And this child is going to do many great things. He's going to be called the son of the highest. He's the, the Lord is going to give him his throne, the throne of David. He's going to reign forever. You know, all of that, if you can imagine, if you put yourself in Mary's place, it is coming out of nowhere for her. And so I don't think Honestly, I don't believe Mary's actually had enough time to consume all of what has been said to her to even be doubtful. She's just startled at this point. And so she had a question to ask that I believe a lot of folks would have asked. She says there in the 34th verse, she says, how can this be since I do not know a man? She was thinking very logical there. I, how can I give a birth? How can I give birth to anything when when I have not had sexual intercourse? I don't know a man. Okay, so how can I have birth? And I don't think, again, that uh, she was asking that question from a place of, I don't believe that that's going to happen. I don't think that Mary was asking that question from, from that mindset. She's just saying, how can that happen? I, I haven't had uh, sexual intercourse to, to be able to, to give birth to, to anyone. And so Gabriel has to explain. He has to give an answer to her about how this can happen. That 34 verse, that, that question is one that has been asked for generations by those who doubt. The birth of Christ, it is a stumbling block for many people. Okay. I believe that the birth of Christ is a bigger stumbling block for, for more people than his crucifixion. And I think a lot of people can actually believe that he was resurrected. Okay. But the virgin birth is a, a major stumbling block for a lot of people. And of course, if you can't believe in the virgin birth, then you wouldn't believe in his crucifixion and his resurrection in the first place. The, the reason why a lot of people stumble with the virgin birth is because they can't understand how God and Jesus are one. Uh, it is difficult. It is very difficult, I have found, for many people uh, to believe that, that Jesus and the Father are one. They say, well, how can God be in two places at one time? And for someone like me, that is a, a very foolish question. Uh, the reason, and I'm not trying to talk about anybody when I say that, the reason why it is a very foolish question to me is because, well, we say that God is almighty, that he is the creator of all things known and unknown, that he is benevolent, that he is omnipotent, he is omniscient, that he's omnipresent, meaning that, that God is all good. He is all knowing. He's all powerful and that he is everywhere at all time. That would make sense, right? 
How could he not be in two places at one time if he is God? It, 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 that To say that God can't be in two places at one time would put the same kind of limit on us that we have on, on, on the Lord. Does that make sense? You and I, we can't be in two places at once. The reason why we can't be in two places at once is because we're human. We physically, literally, we can't be in two places at one time physically. Now, you know, you know, if you think about somebody can get to a technical point and they say, well, hey, you know, I can be in two places at one time. If somebody takes a video of me and places uh, a, 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 a TV down in, in Los Angeles, I can be there uh, in Los Angeles by, by a video call and I still be in Atlanta. You know, people can get along those technical lines, but that we can't put the limits that we place on ourselves. We cannot place that on God. Okay. God is able to do the impossible. And that's what we see here in our Sunday school lessons for this first unit in this quarter, that God is a God of doing the impossible. And we're going to see that mentioned here in our Sunday school lesson today as well. Yes, God can be in two places at one time. God can be in an unlimited number of places at once. Okay. He's everywhere at all times. Okay. So yes, this, this question here in the 34th verse it is a question that many people still ask today. Uh, how can the virgin, how did Mary give birth to Jesus? And so we'll see here in the 35th verse that Gabriel is going to give us the answer to that very question. How did Mary conceive the only begotten son of God? How, how was it possible? The 35th verse says, the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the answer to our question, by the way. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. The Holy Spirit is our answer to that question of, well, how can the Virgin give birth to uh, the only begotten Son of God? How is it possible? The Holy Spirit is the answer. The same way that the Holy Spirit overshadows us and dwells in us today and works within us today. Okay, that's that's the duty of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit did to Mary. Okay, nothing, nothing. If you again look at scripture, it is nothing actually out of the ordinary from God. The Holy Spirit literally works in all who genuinely believe in the Lord today. That's exactly how the virgin conceived a child, the son of God. The Holy Spirit came upon her. The power of the highest, it overshadowed her. It worked within her and the seed was placed in her womb. And from her was born the one to be called the son of God. It wasn't Joseph's seed. God did not have sex with Mary, by the way. This was an immaculate conception that was done through the working of the Holy Spirit. And that's all we need to know. That's the answer to the question. Okay. God performed. We, you know, some would say God performed a miracle. Okay. And that's really all you need to know. That miracle it was performed through 
the working of the Holy Spirit. 36 verse, Gabriel goes on to say there, now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. So that again, this reflects what is shown to us in the 26th verse. That's why I was saying to you earlier, right there at the start of our lesson, the reason why the sixth month is mentioned there is because essentially it was six months after Gabriel had visited uh, Zacharias. Okay. And that again, that's confirmed for us there in the 36th verse. It's been six months uh, for Elizabeth. She's carrying John the Baptist. Okay. It's been six months for her. And Mary is now being told or being visited by Gabriel for the announcement that she is going to conceive a child. And this is some, this is a thought that is going to come up in our Sunday school lesson uh, next week that I'll touch on uh, more in our lesson next week. The 37 verse, it goes on to say, for with God, nothing will be impossible. So yes, the virgin birth, it is a stone of stumbling for, for many people. They can't believe it was possible for, for Jesus to, to come through a virgin's birth. They, you know, there are many people that struggle with that today, but again, Gabriel says there to, 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 you know, to make it known to those who would doubt it. Okay. Because again, I don't think Mary doubted anything. I, I just think Mary was more so startled. There is nothing that is impossible for the Lord. Okay. And then the final verse of our Sunday school lesson today says, then Mary said, and then this again, it speaks to the faith. This is why I say that, that Mary, I don't think was, was doubting uh, what Gabriel was saying to her. We're told there in the 30 verse, 38th verse that Mary said, behold, the maid servant of the Lord. Okay. Behold, she said, the maid servant of the Lord. Mary was ready to serve. Okay. She's ready to serve. She said, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary was ready to serve. Like I said, I think she was startled. I think she was confused at first, but when everything was explained to her more clearly by Gabriel, Mary didn't put up a fuss. She didn't doubt it. Okay. If after Gabriel had explained everything to Mary and said, oh, it's not possible for God to do this, then she would have doubted. Okay, she would have been a doubter, but after everything was explained to her, Mary accepted it. Okay, she accepted it. She submitted. Like I said, I believe Mary lived her life in submission to the will and to the way of God. And when everything was explained to her, Mary accepted it. Okay, and she said, Let me serve. I am ready to serve. Okay, all right, so. Our biggest takeaway, what, what, what do we take away from our Sunday school lesson this week? Uh, the, the major thing I believe that we should take away from this week's lesson is about fellowship. Uh, when you live in fellowship with the Lord, you are blessed and you are highly favored. When we live in fellowship with the Lord, we shouldn't doubt him. We shouldn't hesitate. We should simply trust in his word. Okay, Mary did that. Mary uh, is a good example of what it means to live in fellowship with the Lord, to live in submission to his will and to his way. When we live in submission to the Lord's will, when we live in submission to his way, we are blessed and we will be highly favored among all of those that are around us. The Holy Spirit, again, yes, 
it is working within all of us, okay? And it is working to, to make us uh, special in God's eyes. It is working so that we can be blessed and highly favored uh, in our world. That's, that's the biggest application that I, I think that we can learn from our lesson this week. Yes, uh, our lesson is about the announcement of, of Jesus' coming to Mary, so we can take that away from our Sunday school lesson for uh, today as well. We see here how it was that Mary would conceive the only begotten son of God as well. So those are our two takeaways from our Sunday school lesson for this week. I hope that all of you enjoyed our lesson this week and I hope that all of you will share this lesson with someone somewhere and I hope that all of you will come back for our Sunday school lesson next week. Our Sunday school lesson next week, it is our Christmas it is our Christmas Sunday school lesson next week as we are going to be looking at the birth of Christ. Okay. Until that time again, let us continue to keep one another lifted up in prayer. Keep all of those around you lifted up in prayer. You never know what anyone is going through. So be prayerful. And again, let us go out and about in grace and in love. That is our calling as a child of God to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. So until next time, I'll continue to keep all of you lifted up in my prayers and I'll pray that the Lord continues to keep and to bless all of you.